0: Hello, welcome to a slightly different uh, aspect of the science podcast. Um, I've been interested in the history of Falkirk, particularly with science and chemistry, but I've found lots of other things too. So I thought I'd try and link it into a cycle route, which actually nicely fits in with the Helix around town tour, the Heart Cycle Route. That's H capital A small R T T Heart Cycle Route. Uh, this particular route is about um, 20, just over 20 kilometres, so maybe about 13 miles. Um, I've done some recordings on the way around, so it starts at the Reading Tesco's, uh, just along the canal from that, um, which is actually used to be called, or still is called, West Quarter, is where West Quarter chemical works are. And I've gone east towards Glasgow, along the canal, uh, through the tunnel, Um, along to the wheel and then back along the uh, Forth and Clyde canal to the Kelpies and then from the Kelpies back up to uh, West Quarter. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Um, I've got the route. I'll link it or add on the route I took um, and I'll link it to the Heart cycle route. Um, And it's not an exhaustive um, set of information. It's a starting point. There's lots of little bits of information that might um, stimulate you to look more at what's in Falkirk. Okay, I'll leave you to hopefully get your bike and get some exercise. Ah! Yay! Right, I'm standing on the canal. Um, I'll use what three words to indicate where exactly I am, but this area used to be known as West Quarter. Um, if I look to the east, uh, Tesco's is over, there, the big Reading Tesco's is, Um, in that direction um, and Edinburgh. Uh, The other side of the canal is mostly covered in trees and it's difficult to pick out but you have to stop and look there's a swing bridge you can see the semi-circular bit where it's meant to land on this side and the bridges on the other side covered in vegetation. This is part of the West Quarter Chemical Works. Um, The West Quarter Chemical Works started off by making sulfuric acid um, then graduated when um, Alfred Nobel of Nobel's, the Nobel Prizes, got involved. <coughs> and they started making explosives and detonators. Uh, most of that was taken across to Ardea on the west coast uh, in Ayrshire. Um, but the company started, it was used heavily in World War II. Um, and when most of the, after World War II, and it shifted to Ardea, they still made detonators. At its height, they were employing 1,700 people. Um, and if you read about how the factory was constructed and what they had to do, it was mostly on the, um, I think, on the north side, which is now a caravan park, and there's Jenkins' uh, cams construction and a, a dog um, company to do I don't know, dog walking or something um, and they built the bridge so they could actually go across to the other side uh, I think this area under the canal was also used for swimming I think the uh, hot water effluent from the plant was pumped into the canal and that made the canal much warmer so people would come and swim at this area here too and um, the bridge was used uh, had rails on it the explosives are mostly um, touch sensitive and uh, any jolt would cause it to explode. So there could be no dust, no grit. Very, very dangerous work. Uh, explosives form part of the higher... No, they don't form part of the higher chemistry course. Ex- explosives are made. Um, touch-sensitive explosives are made from t tri glycerin, And glycerin, uh, propane-123-triol, is a byproduct of soap manufacture. Um, so soap manufacture was a big... Uh, Product from Grangemouth. There's a big soap company in Grangemouth. So, the byproduct of that, the propane 123 uh, trial, was uh, shipped up to West Quarter here where they could turn it into trinitroglycerin. Interestingly, uh, trinitroglycerin is also used as a vasodilator uh, to, to uh, lower blood pressure. And <clears throat> Trinactylglycerin is touch sensitive and the only way to immobilise it, which um, I think Alfred Nobel found out, was to mix it with this Kegel skewer, which is a kind of clay which stops molecules coming into contact with each other and setting off that explosion. It's much better if it's controlled with a detonator. Um, a link with Falkirk, Falkirk High School in particular, or well, not directly with Falkirk High School, the school before Falkirk High School, is that George McRoberts was an alumni of Falkirk High School. Um, he served as a soldier he got his chemistry degree from glasgow university and he set up the chemical company with others so an interesting bit of history just here in west quarter on the canal um, at this one section okay right i'm here at the laugh and greeting bridge so on one side which is the edinburgh side it's 1821 for the bridge it's bridge 61 and there's a laughing face um, whereas the other side is a greeting face. There is a, um, a picture of Ra- Richester Rags, which uh, says, why so sad? And it says the canal contractor working from Falkirk went bust. So I'll have to have a, have a look at that. Now the canal from here, around the corner, um, goes to the tunnel, the Falkirk tunnel, which goes under Prospect Hill, 690 yards or 630 meters long. Um, it was referenced to our podcast before which talked about uh, making things relevant um, that is 2,471 Pringles tubes laid end to end or 31 20 metre swimming pools if that makes any sense uh, it's quite dark in there but they have put lights on so I'm going to cycle through with some lights on um, and it's interesting because the canal was meant to go through past Calendar House, I think, and the Forbes family, who lived at Calendar House, objected to it, sent letters to every member of parliament objecting to it, saying it would be an eyesore. so they had to divert the canal through Prospect Hill, which means they had to tunnel through the hill. Um, which, yeah, uh, Another interesting fact about this is obviously Burke and Hare worked on the canal, it was built mostly by Irish navvies. Um, so they dug out this canal, and I'm going to cycle through it, okay Right, I'm in the middle of the tunnel now, approximate middle, and there's lights all the way along on the side. I'm um, apparently the disco zone at the moment, where it's flashing coloured lights. There is a, a wooden um, railing here with metal supports to stop you falling in and this would be a path so that uh, the horses could walk and pull the barges through the tunnel um, before they were motorized Uh, it's quite smooth to begin with it's bricked up then it becomes like uh, rock face jaggedy rock and it smooths out at the other end Uh, it is quite bright in here actually i can i could probably do all right without my bike light on um but yeah inside the tunnel now i'm at the just before the Falkirk wheel so i'm above the Falkirk wheel at the moment before the tunnel um now the tunnel i think was the first tunnel to be built in scotland for about a century so uh, the wheel wasn't enough to lift it all the way up to the uh, union canal So there's two extra locks. I'm standing at the two extra locks here, which are quite big locks. And there's some building work going across on the other side. Uh, Also, I think up there, there's a campsite. And if you cycle up to the campsite, there's a sign for a UFO landing site, which was odd. Anyway, this is the Union Canal, which links Glasgow and Edinburgh and that was built secondary. That was uh, from, finished in 1822 and ran to 1930, uh, when railways took over and the canals um, weren't used as much. It was re-established, the link was re-established or proposed with the, in 1994 with the Millennium Project. The Forth and Clyde Canal, which is the one that goes from the carron through to Glasgow, was the Great Canal. The extension, which I'm on just now to Edinburgh, was built to get coal into Edinburgh. Um, Once the coal mines around Edinburgh were um, running out of coal, they wanted to bring more coal from the central belt, Uh, so that's why this canal was built. Okay, let's cycle through the tunnel, which, um, let's see, I'm not sure how long it is, it's not very far. and then we'll talk about the wheel. Right, I'm at the bottom of the wheel now. Um, So, the wheel is also part of the Millennium Project, uh, constructed in 2002. It is the only one in the world of this type. Uh, It replaced 11 locks as a 35 meter height difference, um, and the original locks were dismantled in 1933. Um, and remember that's part of the Union Canal which goes to Edinburgh, that's a later built canal, rather than the Forth and Clyde Canal uh, which was the older and uh, more prevalent one, that's called the Great Canal. Uh, The caisson that you can see, the kind of gondolas up there uh, are sealed off, they contain two hundred litres of water and it's interesting the bottom one is a dry dock because otherwise, when the wheel rotates, it would have to force itself through water at the bottom. So that's a dry dock to make it more energy efficient. And it only takes, basically, the same requirement of energy to boil eight, eight kettles of water as it does to turn the wheel one rotation. There is another boat lift, but it's slightly different. It's like a lift with um, uh, two counterbalanced uh, caisson. And... Um, but it doesn't go around the wheel it goes in a, a direct up and down perpendicular motion uh, that's in uh, anderson which i think is in cheshire and um, based on the archimedes principle so uh, when a boat goes into the caisson it displaces the same mass of water as the boat so each gondola is the same mass whether there's a boat in it or whether there's water in it uh, which is quite good Okay, um, let's move on to the next bit, where we're heading on the Great Canal, the 4th and Clyde Canal now. So we're heading back east and towards the Kelpies. Worth a little uh, stop before I go any further. Um, So from the wheel I've come along the canal, it's a lovely section. Um, Across the road, over a bridge, slight downhill past the Beef Eater. And then in front of me was the new Falkirk Brewery, or distillery I think. Uh, it's got a big chimney, 1840 written on it. Um, and then from there, I've crossed over. I'm now at Falkirk Rugby Club grounds, so I can see over the grounds. We're going to go through the grounds and head up towards, uh, into Larbot really, and uh, the River Carron. Right, I've exited and found the site of the old Carron Steel Company, the Carron Works clock tower. Which is now Newton Steel Frames in Falkirk. Um, the Hook Tower is evidence in the street. Um, and just a little bit of history the Karen Steel Company was established in 1760. It ran for. it ran up to 1982, 223 years, where I think it was taken over by Karen Phoenix. Um, I seem to be standing in bird droppings from the clock Tower. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is a little exhibition in the front with the uh, cannons that they made that were famous from. Anyway, they, they started off um, making iron ore when they got iron, uh, making iron. <coughs> they got the iron ore from Boness coke from the central belt and because we had no expertise in Scotland for uh, making iron or extracting iron, we imported uh, workers' expertise from England. Uh, They came up and taught the Scottish workers how to make iron and at one point this company here was the biggest producer in Scotland of iron. Um, There's also links with James Watt and his steam engine. Uh, Keneal and Bowness is along the road and uh, he used iron, or the company made his steam engine from iron from this company. There's also a link with cannons. There's an expedition underneath with um, cannons. So the carronade is a short-barreled cannon which could be used with a, a, sh- a smaller group, it could be, you work the cannon. It had a shorter range, could be reloaded more quickly. And it's used in the Royal Navy between 1780 and 1850. Now there's another link here with the Grahamston Gate. Now there's two companies, I think. Um, we have the Caron Steel Company and the Grahamston Ironworks, which came up later as expertise was imported into Scotland. Uh, the Grahamston Gate, which I'm going to cycle on to next, which I think is on the right, um, <clears throat> it was built in 1886 for the Edinburgh Exposition and it is the largest cast iron gate. Um, and to make cast iron, you have liquid iron, you put it into a mould and then it sets. Uh, this gate was restored, I can't remember when it was restored actually, um, but it was restored to its former glory and it's now outside what used to be Phoenix Ironworks. So let's cycle around and try and find that and um, just watch out for the front of the top tower because <laughs> there are lots of bits of bird poop. All right, I've just cycled around the corner. I'm at the Grahamston Gate. Um, It's in front of a big sign, Karen Phoenix, with uh, the cannons crossed on the side, so to represent some history there. The gate is tall, and there's a plaque which says it was built for the Edinburgh International Exhibition of 1886. It's 20 tons. Karen Phoenix Limited refurbished and re-erected the arch in 2002 as a tribute to the skills and artistry of the iron workers of Falkirk. Um, now, just one thing I forgot to mention last time was that the, obviously the cannons were named after the River Caron and the Caron iron works because the Caron runs by here and the water would be used um, to cool, transfer heat um, in the industry. Right, I'm glad I found those two things. Um, the next thing is to rejoin the um, Helix Around Town tour pathway that I've been on. And head over to the Kelpies. Well, I've made my way up to Hawthorne Cottage in Lauriston. It's still raining. Uh, Hawthorne Cottage was bought initially by George McRoberts, something, I think something like 1870. Uh, and when he set up the West Quarter Chemical Company, this is where he lived. Um, when, he, when it was brought over by Alfred Nobel to make explosives, the West Quarter Chemical Company, uh, George McRobert was taken on as the chief chemist, and he moved through to Ardeer on the west coast in Ayrshire. Uh, and he sold the cottage to Sir Alfred Nobel. So it was owned by Sir Alfred Nobel of the Nobel Prizes, and this cottage is still here in Lauriston. Um, okay, next final leg of my journey is... Um, back up to the start. Now if you follow the Caron River along, um, before you cross over again, there's a new green and white steel bridge, if you take a right into the the forest, um, there's a couple of sculptures. One is called Love and Kisses, uh, which is like a massive tongue, massive iron tongue from one side, um, or a pair of lips if you look at it from above. so that's one thing, and then the next thing if you continue up, you get to the uh, human sundial. So you stand in the middle um, and there's kind of iron plates around it, and it'll tell you what time it is. Not today, because it's cloudy, and also people don't seem very cheery this morning. I've had a couple of hollows, but mostly it's <laughs> it's eyes down. So we'll continue on. Um Kelpie's football stadium um and up again. Okay. Right. Not the Kelpies, I'm underneath the motorway bridge looking at the Kelpies. To be honest I wasn't expecting rain, (laughs) but here we are, my paper's all done, Uh, (laughs) it's a bit drizzly. Now, Kelpies are quite interesting, they are 30 meters high, they commemorate the horses, I think the horses are called Baron and Dobbin, they commemorate the horses that pulled the canal boats along the Great Canal, the Forth and Clyde Canal, between here where ships would Dock and Glasgow. Uh, The Kelpies are shifting water spirits uh, in general, so that's what these horses kind of represent on the River Caron. They were built by Andy Scott in 2013, they're made of steel, weigh about 300 tons, Um, the interesting physics behind this I suppose. Uh, The chemistry is that the iron will rust, so they are steel plated to stop the rusting, or slow down the rusting. the physics is more to do with forces and balance. And I guess that the center of mass of these things is over the center. So there's less strain on the structure to stop it falling over, because the horse's heads tip over to one side. Um, So the next bit, I'm gonna go around past the football stadium and then back up through West Quarter.